Hey, just a quick note up front here. Our original plan was to record our Brammies and Chammies episodes separately, yes. our favorite things of 2021. Yes. But each one was kind of short, so we combined them into one. Yeah. So it's one episode with all of our favorite uh, stuff from 2021. Yeah, we, we have like we have like seven categories now, I think. Yeah. Movies, TVs, music, podcasts, games, books, and restaurants. Something like that. I think that's right. And we used to record it for a long time and really get into a lot of stuff. Um, and we used to also have our personal lives as part of it. Right. So it used to make more sense to do two ep two episodes. It would be like an hour and a half on the first four categories and an hour and a half on the second four, because like I said, we used to include personal. Right. Now it's only the seven. We don't do any personal stuff in it because next week we're going to do our own personal year in review about our lives. So... It was a lot shorter this year, even though we recorded it in two parts. We're just going to smash them together, make one, uh, you know, longish episode. I think it's right. going to be like an hour and 40. Yeah. Um, one full length episode. One full length episode with all of our Brammies and Chammies in one place. And maybe next year we're going to do it with this kind of plan. Yeah. As well as with, you know, maybe we'll kind of cut down the categories a little bit and make it a little bit more casual because right. we didn't have answers for so many of them. Right. We right. just watch a lot. We, we consume a lot less media than we did 10 years ago. I mean, I still read a ton, but he whatever. still reads a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you might hear us say like next episode, this or in next, next week or whatever, but Wh hey. whose voice was that? Uh, the cat, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but, uh, no. So it's all going to be one episode, all the brands and chammies in one place mm -hmm. next week. Ear interview. Love you guys. Let's get into it. I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 552 of the Chuck and Brad Podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. Woof! Back in person, uh, making the making the trip. I decided I'm just gonna t basically take a small plane from Staten Island to uh, to Warren, Rhode Island. It's not that small. It crushed my car. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's small for a plane. Yes, I guess. Uh, there's a swamp right next to Brad. I land it right there, and right, as soon as I'm done, we'll, I'll I'll go back. Yep, you're. Uh, I I mean, it's got the big pontoon things yes, instead of wheels, right. of course. Right. And I'm, if, by the way, are there any natives around here? Because if they're mad at me, I got to run to the... Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's our yearly Chammies and Brammies. Yes. And I'm going to say something weird. And let's lay it on the line. Please. Every year, we essentially do uh, Chammies and Brammies, which is our favorite movies, music, TV, podcasts, restaurants, uh, games, and books from the year. We look back at the previous year. We talk about our favorite stuff. And we also and we do those two in two episodes just because it takes a long time. Yes. And we release those both in one week. Right. And then the following week we'll do a year in review, which is our, about our personal lives and the things that we've done and how we spend our time and we talk about the future and stuff like that. Now this year for me was a little weird. I mean, for everyone it's weird because yes. of COVID. There was there was a sur COVID surge at the beginning of the year. It kind of dipped, and now it's back into a surge, and it has been for a couple months. Yeah, it was. Uh, ev everyone was getting vaccinated. We, we were looking oh, good yeah, in, in America uh, in the summer, and then it was uh, the Delta variant hit in the fall, and then the Omicron variant hit in December, and that is way more contagious, but probably less severe, but way more contagious. Um, right. And so it's uh, so there was that. Yep. 
then I kind of started going through a breakup around August, September. And I also started looking at apartments when that was happening. And then I moved to New York. And so for the last third of the year, I was really kind of all over the place. And COVID has really dampened a lot of our events and going yes. out and doing things. Yes. So I, I'm interested to see how this Chamis and Brammies will go because it seems like a little bit like we experienced less of art this year too. Yes, absolutely. And and as I was going through looking at stuff, yeah. I, I, I... Aren't you kind of shocked? Yes. But how come we didn't experience more art? Isn't right. that weird? That, that we could have experienced art at home, but I, right. I Movies, think... Music, I think TV. I think I... Uh, I experienced more TV than movies this year. Like I made a conscious choice, like, oh, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to watch this series, this mm. TV series. Interesting. And that is, uh, let's call it 20 half-hour episodes. Yeah. That's a 10-hour commitment. That's four movies. Yeah. And I'll, get, and I'll give you a spoiler alert. Um, this year, because I started working for Tuesdays, yep. Tuesdays with Stories, which was a change that happened around the end of March, early April. Right. Instead of making like 23 long-form videos this right. year with Tell Them Steve Dave, which is what I normally do... Between Tell Them Steve Dave and Tuesdays, that got bumped up to around 43. Wow. So I, I did a lot more work this year. Like the amount of hours I worked uh, on on like the creative work right. probably increased by about 80% this year yeah. from the year previous year. So I think I worked I mean, a lot the more number too. of videos went up by about 80%. Exactly. So, yeah. So, and also we filmed a lot of stuff that still hasn't come out. And right. I filmed a lot of stuff independently that still hasn't come out. Yep. That, that personal stuff is really going to be saved for the year in review, yep. but I think I did trade in a lot of my experience, creative stuff time for creating stuff. Right. You know what I mean? For this year was a lot of that. So yep. it's going to be interesting. Uh, this week we're going to do um, gaming, restaurants, podcasts, and movies. And we'll probably close with movies because it's the biggest thing. We'll talk yeah. about all of our favorite movies of the year. So I hope you guys, even if you're not super into gaming, you'll stick around. This is only going to take a few minutes. And then we'll get into restaurants and podcasts and blah, blah, blah. Right. All right, buddy, what do you got? We start off with favorite Nintendo game, which for me was the bundled re-release Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. So this is favorite games of 2021. Yes. So your favorite Nintendo game was Bowser's Fury and Mario 3D World, which is a re-release. Yeah. And and the the runner-up was uh, Mario Golf. Okay. Uh, which was fun, but like doesn't have the same replay value. My favorite was uh, Bowser's, Fury, Bowser's Fury, which was a, a completely new game based right. on Mario and 3D World, which is a game that you and I have beat together. And I've now beat alone like at least twice, yeah. maybe three times. Um, yeah, that game is unbeatable. And we had a lot of fun at the beginning of the year where me and you, every Saturday, it felt like we yeah. would just sit down for three hours and play Bowser's Fury We had together. three consecutive Saturdays where we played through the entire game. Yeah, and it was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It's a good time. All right, favorite Sony game. I only played one Sony game this year. It was a gift from Chuck last Christmas, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Oh, really? Yeah. How was it? It was good, but like short. Yeah, I heard. Like six to eight hours. For me, even though it was the same as last year, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Gina got it for me for Christmas last year, yep. my ex-girlfriend, and I played it a bunch last year. I played it a little bit this year. Man, I love it. It's a Christmas Spider-Man game, and it's so well done. It's made by uh, Insomniac, who made Sunset Overdrive, uh, one of my favorite games. And I wish I played it more, but that's that's going to be my default winner. Okay. Uh, favorite Microsoft game for uh, for the Xbox? Uh, I, you know, I wrote down Rage 2 and Prey. Uh, they they were both available through Xbox Game Pass. They're yeah. both older games. Yeah. Um, you know, I probably could have thrown in Halo Infinite multiplayer, mm. but um, I'm so bad at it. It's, yeah. It makes me sad to play. 
Uh, I really enjoyed Rage 2 as a as first person, yeah. a kind of made by the people who make Fallout, uh, maybe, or or Doom or something like I that. I see, I see. But it's less story driven and more, you need to go shoot people, a lot of people, you need to shoot them. And right. I'm like, I can do that. Right. Uh, and then Prey was a little more cerebral uh, in the vein of Bioshock, where there's, you know, a twist yep. uh, in the story. But uh, Prey took a long time to get going. But once I, like, stopped running out of ammo every 40 seconds, I was yeah. like, oh, I'm on board with this game and the story yeah. it's telling. So that was uh, that was the, the Xbox games for me. What about you? For me, it was Back for Blood. Yep. I love the new Back for Blood, which is basically a sequel to Left 4 Dead, um, a new, you know, a new entry in the series. Um, I played it a good amount when I had the time and uh, man, it was so fun. I'd love to, I'd love to play it all the way through with you. I think we beat the first like two chapters or something. And uh, I also played a ton of Tony Hawk's pro skater one and two, which you got me for Christmas last year. And was it last year? The year before it's last year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Tony Hawk's pro skater one and two was my top Xbox game last year as well. Right. But I put so many more hours into it. Right. Uh, after that. Yeah, you, you 100%ed uh, both story modes, which uh, yeah, you had never done before. Yeah, so. exactly. Which is so good. And I yeah. think I I don't think I 100%ed them until like April or May. Right. Because I was in my office by the time we did that. Yeah. And I loved it. Uh, favorite handheld? You know, I it, mine has been the New York Times crossword app, which it pretty much still is. But this year, uh, my dad, whom I love, mm-hmm. bless his heart, uh, has been playing... <laughs> solitaire games online through like cardgames.io or something like that. And he called me one day. He said, you need to play Crescent Solitaire through this card games website. And it's just a a different kind of solitaire, two decks, blah, blah, blah. You're going up, you're down, whatever. And uh, I played that a lot. And it's a challenging game Mm -hmm. and it's fun and it's not the New York Times crossword app. So, you know, two sweetest words in the English language, default. Uh, Crescent Solitaire takes the cake. Handheld game. You don't love handheld gaming. Do you have anything? I mean, your modded Switch. I have a modded Switch that I that I modded so that I can play like old games on it. I beat Punch Out this year on Switch. Nice because of that, and uh, I love it. I love Punch Out. Oh, it's great. That's my handheld. Whatever. Good. The original Punch Out from like 1980. Whatever. Yeah. Favorite DLC game. Downloadable content. Downloadable game. I don't really have one. Um, you know, I played a lot of platformers through Xbox Game Pass this year, and uh, all th- I, I enjoyed all three. I played Cyber Shadow, mm-hmm. which was a very challenging for me game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably spent, I don't know, three hours on the final boss over the course of yep. several weeks. Yep. Um, there was a game called The Messenger, in which part of the gimmick is that you shift back and forth between 8-bit and 16-bit graphics. That's cool. And uh, there was one called Flynn, Son of Crimson, which was the easiest of the three and is a very, like, fun, easy, like, not too scary game. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, I have, I have an eight-year-old kid and we just want to play a game that's on Game Pass, right. Flynn, Son of Crimson is a good game to play Nice uh, together. So that was kind of, you know, I downloaded all those games. I played through all those games. They're all similar, uh, and they were my favorite DLC game. Uh, favorite add-on. I did not have a favorite add-on. Neither did I. Okay. Favorite retro game. Uh, Chuck and I played through some of the Battletoads games this year. <laughs> and uh, I don't know that they were favorite, but spending time with my friend Chuck and getting overly frustrated <laughs> at trying to beat these Battletoads games was, I mean, was, fu- was, let's, was fun. Let's put it out there. We laughed a ton. Oh, yeah. We were dying. I mean, I think we played Battletoads for NES. And Battletoads for SNES yep. last year. Yeah. I think we played the arcade one this year. And maybe there was a Genesis one? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. But we, yeah. we, we, our original plan was let's play them all and then play the new one. Yep. 
and we've been working on it for like <laughs> how many years? Yeah, um, they're hard games, folks. They're really hard. But we played Battletoads. I think it was the arcade one or something. Yeah, and that was fun. I had the same one for retro. For multiplayer, I mean, my answer is basically my answer for multiplayer and game of the year is probably going to just be Back for Blood. See, I, I, I feel like I, we didn't play enough Back for Blood for it to be my favorite multiplayer game. Well, I didn't play another multiplayer game, so it's, it's a yeah. default thing. Um. It's weird because the the multiplayer game I spent the most time on was Call of Duty, mm. Black Ops, Cold War. Mm. The multiplayer, I did to, to the point where I'm like, I have to sell this game back because I'm spending too much time playing it. Yep. Um, but again, you got you got to spend time with your friends, folks. So mm. Bowser's Fury takes my favorite multiplayer yeah. game. Chuck yeah. and I had those three weeks in a row of playing through that game and uh, discovering the secrets. And then we're like, well, we have to 100% it. So we went back and beat Bowser a second time after getting all the stars or moons or oh, whatever yeah, we were right. collecting. Oh, yeah. So that we turned into cats or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's funny. I guess when I think of multiplayer, I think of like many of us. But yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, and then favorite game of the year, yours defaulted to Back for Blood. Yep. Mine was Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And it's a Metroidvania style game. Um you know, where you're this little creature uh, and you're, you're going through exploring. You're, if you're me, you're, you're getting crushed by rocks and yep. dying on spikes and everything. Yep. Uh, but it's the controls are so responsive and tight. Yeah. The story is powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I cried at some point during the game yeah. uh, because of how emotionally connected I was to these characters. Yeah. And uh, it's just a supremely well done game. It came out, I think, in 2020, maybe mm -hmm. 2019. And I started it and put it aside for something else and then came back to it and uh, devoured it in 2021. Oh, yeah. So those those were our, our, our favorite video games yeah. of the year. It's tough. It's tough. I love all the Mario games. Yep. I love the idea of Back for Blood. I love the new World War Z that came out. Yep. You know, we, we played through a lot of that. Um, I want to beat Spider-Man Miles Morales. I'd love to go back and beat the first Spider-Man for PS4. Uh, I'd love to play Last of Us 2, which I have. Yep. I'd love to beat... Um, uh, you know, I love to play the upcoming Dying Light too. Yep. So it's like, it's tough for me though. It's just hard for me to sit down and play video games. I just haven't had the time to do something like that. Um, but I really enjoyed Back for Blood. Yeah. And I love and the Spider-Man game too. And Tony Hawk and Bowser's Fury. Right. Those are kind of my real ones this year. Yeah. Um, all right, man. What's next? Uh, next up, either podcasts or restaurants, whichever one you want to do, because honestly, it's mostly you talking for both of those categories. Yeah, I guess so. All right, let's let's do restaurants because I don't have that much. Because we couldn't dine out that much. Again, it was tough. Yeah, it's tough with COVID. I mean, it's it's just not... I still went out as much as possible. Um, but it's just not the same in terms of like socially. Right. So uh, new places or foods for me, 2021. Belasco's Pizza, which is near Brad's house. They have an Italian grinder pizza that I had for the first time, and it's delicious. Yeah. And they have a couple specialty pizzas that are awesome. Uh, at Warren, Rhode Island. I went to the Black Whale in New Bedford, Massachusetts for the first time, and that was great. A seafood restaurant. We went to Cafe Zara a lot. Yes, we did. It's a coffee shop in East Providence, Rhode Island. Yep, and that they have great like breakfast sandwiches, right. salmon stuff, good coffee. I really like Cafe Zara. Uh, Mona Lisa Pizza in Staten Island is awesome. Okay, um, They have a great chicken marsala pizza and a, and a great buffalo slice and a bunch of different stuff that, that I really liked. So a woman who works there, she's got a really weird smile. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it means. Um, the patio in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, okay. had amazing sandwiches and amazing chicken and waffle sandwich that I thought was great. 
and the right scoop is a is a an ice cream place that opened in Warren, Rhode Island, and I had Oreo black raspberry ice cream there, and it was it was really good. So those are kind of my some new food places I really liked. Um, best places I've gone to, uh, new place in Warren again, uh, Hunky Dory. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I still haven't been there. Southern food. Yep. Um, really, really, really good. I'd, I wrote an article about that. I wrote I wrote about ten articles this year about the food scene in Rhode Island. Um, Hunky Dory is great. All Southern and, and the pimento cheese was great. Everything was great. J22 in Jamestown, Rhode Island had an awesome experience there. Okay. Eating for an article. Um, great, great food. Great uh, blackened shrimp Alfredo pizza. Really good. Okay. Um, and then I think my one of my, 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 probably my favorite food experience in terms of the atmosphere for the year was at Island Creek Oysters in Massachusetts. I'm trying to think of where it was. Um Oh, it's uh, by Island Creek. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, a creek just, with the island. That's, yeah. their, that's their catchphrase. <laughs> it's a weird tourism bureau. It's in a weird town like Duck something or something like that. Duxbury, MA. Okay. Massachusetts. Duxbury, Massachusetts. Um, really great because they just have this awesome, like it's like a farm, but on the on the bottom of the, air, the land, right in the water, they have like this like oyster truck with like a bar. It's all outdoor stuff and... Uh, Man, what a great aesthetic and atmosphere. I love that place. I got a nice new summer hat there that says Island Creek Oysters on it. Yep. Oysters, seafood. It was just incredible. What a great day. Meal of the year. Oh, wow. I'll give you some uh, some runners up first. Okay, please do. Uh, for Gina's birthday and Valentine's Day, we went up to New Hampshire last yep. February. We went to the Wilder, and we had an awesome meal right. in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And also... Great experience at Weekapog Inn in Westerly, Rhode Island, which was like super hoity-toity, super upscale. Only went there for my big clam chowder article. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was one of my biggest food things of the year was that Motif Magazine in Rhode Island, one of the, the one of the publications I write for, asked me to write like a best clam chowder and clam cakes article, and I took it way too seriously. Yes, it you went did. went to a million places. Dragged me along. Me and Brad had quite a day. Yes, we did. Did you try some clam cakes? You did. I tried, yeah, I tried one. One? Yeah, it's more than enough. You didn't even have one at Rocky Point? I was full. <laughs> anyway, we could plug in like super, super upscale, like crazy upscale. Um, and uh, my, my meal of the year was at Paolo, um, okay. which is a new, uh, like, you know, Mexican, I'd say, or Spanish tapas place in Providence. Okay. We had an incredible, incredible meal there. Nice. Um, food related moments of the year. Okay. I have some of these. Oh, good. Go yeah. ahead. You go. No, no, no. Because I, you might you might say mine. Okay. Right. Um, Stoneacre Picnics and Newport okay. Polo. Right. I had to write an article about Stoneacre Picnics, which makes these luxury picnic setups. And I went to a polo match in right. Newport. And so it was me, Gina, and all these like influencers, Gina, my ex-girlfriend, and all these influencers um, who are way... You know, they're like cool and they're on Instagram and they're right. hot. Yep. And I'm just like a fun little silly like writer. Yep. Um, and that was a really funny experience. Yeah. Um, also, when we did the clam chowder thing, that, that article for Motif, we went to Aunt Carrie's clam shake cakes where I've never been before. Okay. And their clam cakes were the best. And I, I was shocked at the, how good they were. Right. Um, and that, you know, that whole experience of going around and doing that that day yeah, it was, was fun. very fun. Yeah, it was. Um, and then also... Going to the Guild in Warren, the new brewery yep. that serves food, their food is awesome, and the brewery is incredible. The aesthetic is just great. I loved hanging out there. So 
The Guild and Warren was a, a top one. My honorable. Well, do you have okay? Food related I, I mean, yeah. Uh, one is uh, is my misorder. We went to Water Dog in Warren, Rhode Island, uh, <laughs> a place that Chuck loves, and and it was probably it. probably one of your favorites from 2020. Sure, because it for, just opened sure. in 2020. It's so good. Uh, and I was just going to order a simple breakfast, and Chuck said, "No, you have to try the huevos rancheros. Come on, come on, live a little." And we were with new friends, so I have to. Yeah. Pretend like I'm cool. I should have ordered my normal basic breakfast. Yep. So I'll never listen to you again. Yep. Also, a fun food-related moment. We were at a, a, a different restaurant, and Chuck ordered buffalo wings, but he wanted bone-in wings, and they came with a much spicier uh, sauce than expected. Yep. And we, we didn't realize at the time they had yep. more than one, uh, more than one level of heat for their buffalo sauce. And so we came up with the idea that you were spite spiced. That uh, they were mad at you, so they made the wings spicier than ever. Oh yeah, and that was a very fun moment for me. Yes, that was the hilarious. idea of spite spicing. Yes, yes. So uh, those are those are two food related moments. I feel like I, I had good meals this year. We went to Cook and Dagger for Mother's Day. Oh yeah. We went to, is it Cork and Rye? Is that the place down in Warwick? Yeah, yeah. I we love went Cork there. I liked I liked that. Yeah, they're so good. Um, Mm-hmm. And tried a lot of different coffee shops this year because mm-hmm. you know you can you can grab and go from a coffee shop, whereas eating in a restaurant a little tougher. Yep. Um, for for the uh, duration of the year. Yes. So, yeah. I agree. Uh, but yeah, that's you know it's I, I'm not the person you want to talk to stuff. about about food. Sure. Um, you know how many times did I go to McDonald's this year? Too many. Yes. Uh, my honorable mentions. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned it previous years, and I'm not sure how long it's been there. Empire Tea and Coffee in Bristol, Rhode Island yep. has a great pumpkin cold brew, and I really like what they do there. Their sandwiches are good, too. We went to Latte Love, which we've talked about before, um, and we went there recently, again, yep. in like Cranston, Rhode Island, or Smithfield, or yep. something like that, and they're really good. And uh, Skyline Chili, when we went to Ohio. Yeah. That we, was fun. That was got, just yeah, a fun we got, one. We got... Uh, it's what they're known for. They're uh, chili plus spaghetti plus cheese. Yes. Plus more cheese. Yes. And... Uh, um. So then there was, um, what's it called? Best places we continued to go to. Okay. Black Pear in, Pro- in Barrington, Rhode Island. Love it. Uh, Coffee Depot. I love them in Warren, Rhode Island. The lattes are great. Again, the the Vermont Cheddar Bread at Seven Stars Bakery. So All good. over Rhode Island. I was thinking about it today. And Blue Kangaroo in Barrington, Be- Rhode Island has what? the top eggnog latte in the state for me. Possibly also the top breakfast sandwich because they use two eggs and it's a, it's a very filling breakfast sandwich. I yeah. love I love going there, but feel like I can't go there too often. So, right. um, yeah, yeah. Let me, that, let, me, let me let me just ask you, the, for instance, because I was also thinking about this today. Yeah. In in twenty twenty one, how many times do you think you had Chinese food? I don't know. I don't think not that many. Maybe right. once I, or twice. I see. I I probably had it like ten times, and then I'm like, is that normal? Is that too many? Like. I, wonder, I think I had uh, I think I had Thai food once. Right. I had sushi. I I, I eat sushi a lot. A right. lot of times when I'm like, I want to have dinner, but I want to have it be kind of small. Right. And have some protein. Right. I'll get sushi. See, I I probably had but the 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 Chinese place mm-hmm. in Barrington. I probably had them deliver twice, maybe three times. Mm-hmm. I probably had Chinese food at your house, like while we watched either the Super Bowl or, or oh, Royal yeah, Rumble yeah, or so, yeah. something like that. I, I've had Thai food a couple of times because I like Pad Thai and there's a place near my work. Yeah. And then uh, Chow Time is a restaurant in Seekonk and it's like the mall Chinese food where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, pick a certain number of meats for this yes. much or whatever. And I've gotten that like four or five times. 
I so, love that stuff. Yeah, I but love it, Chinese oh, it's food. not healthy at all. I love Luke's Inn in Warren, Rhode Island. Yeah. But like all that stuff is so fried. Yep. There's so much unhealthy stuff with yep. it. There's it, it just seems so unhealthy to me. Even even the amount of noodles and, and, and rice I feel guilty about. Yep. Like poke. I love poke. Yep. Um I'd rather go for sushi and poke, I think, than Chinese food. Right. Um even though that stuff also has like rice and noodles and stuff right. like that. Um and I think I think I did have crispy pad thai one time. Yeah. Maybe. But I w- I'd be surprised if I had Chinese food more than twice. Right. I'd be even it would be a little bit surprised if I had it twice. Uh, I like it though. I, I mean even even oh, I'll say one thing too. Yep. I had a great meal at Chomp and I think I got the birria, what's it called? Is it birria tacos? I, well, they yeah. make it with uh for burgers. Oh, okay. And I had the, their birria like, you know, whatever the beef is with the cheese. Yep. Um I had that at Chomp with their burgers one night and it was like incredible. Chomp in Warren Island is, is so good. Um, cookies from Feed the Cheeks mm-hmm. in Providence. Mm-hmm. Although you ate one and uh, your, your tum uh, caused you great pain the next day. Did I? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not related. Mm. Um, but, you know, as I was going through my year in review. Oh, I'm like, I, I, talk, I know you're talking yeah. about my digestion thing. Yes. My thing. Yeah. 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 So I feel like I was less in tune with what I was doing. This year was so scattered for me. Right. It's just it's just crazy. Like going through the Brames and Chammies, man, yep. it's been so hard to stay on top of and be like what did i do what, yeah. when did i do things and right it's crazy all right let's move on to podcast real quick yeah this is uh this is almost all you because it's for for me it's like our podcast is the best yeah then ray harrington yeah then everything else yeah so for me um i didn't have best episodes of the year because i didn't listen to that much new stuff i mean i did i listened to some new podcasts but it was kind of an overall thing i started listening to the red letter media it's not really podcasts they post on youtube right but I rip them as audio and I listen to them like podcasts. They just talk about new movies, old movies, whatever. And I really like them uh, talking about stuff. And I ripped a lot of their horror stuff to listen oh, to around Halloween. That makes sense. Some of their Christmas stuff. Um, and I like Red Letter Media a lot now. Uh, I started listening to Two Bears, One Cave this year, which is Tom Segura and, and Burt Kreischer. Kreischer. Yeah. I think that's a really funny show. Um, and uh, yeah. I was calling you yesterday because I wanted to tell you I heard them. I mean, I'm going to butcher this, I'm sure. Good. But Tom, but Bert's like, Bert was talking. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I banged Leanne last night. Look, oh, I brought the heat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Tom Segura's like, oh, really? You really rocked your world? He's like, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah. He, he goes, he goes, he goes, what positions? And Bert goes, well, you know, position. One, one <laughs> position. And then, and then Tom Segura goes, he goes, uh, he goes, how quickly, how quickly was it over? And Bert's like, Mm, shockingly, it's <laughs> like oh, that's funny. Shockingly is such yeah. a great answer, but they're a great pair. They're a yeah. great pair, and I really feel like I like Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer from this podcast, even though I really don't know their stand up that well. Right, and uh, it's been really fun to to get to know that they did a great thing where they did like dueling promo videos where Burt did this like you know shirtless dance, and then Tom did this huge choreographed dance video where he stabs Bert to death at the end of it. Yeah. And uh, we talked about it on the podcast and it right. was hilarious, but uh great pod. The always sunny podcast started with uh, Charlie day, Glenn Howard and Rob McElhenney. Yep. Where they go through every episode of it's always sunny. It's excellent. Oh yeah. Like excellent. Like it's all about the behind the scenes writing of the show. And it's, it's, it's about the episodes individually, obviously the casting, everything. And it's, it's incredible, and they're so funny, and they're yeah. so great. Um, I listen to Hey Babe with Sal Volcano and right. Chris Stefano, and that's a lot of fun. I listen to Mike Birbiglia's Working It Out 
with a lot of comics um, that kind of benefits a lot of comedy clubs during the pandemic. Right. And they talk about a lot of great stuff. They kind of work on jokes and stuff like that. And, and I really, really enjoy that podcast. I think it's great. Honorable mentions, uh, Kevin Hart's Comedy Gold Mines started this year, or I think it started this year. And he's had a lot of great conversations that were really interesting. He had a great right. one with Seth Rogen, um, Adam McKay. And that's been fun. It's been good. And then I want to I want to shout out uh, Halloweenies, which started out as a, a podcast where they really delved into all the Halloween films that I've talked about in previous years. They did the Scream series this year, and they did a ton of speculation on Scream 5. They got really into Scream in a way that I've never heard anyone talk about, and I love the Scream movies. They're like right. some of my favorite movies. So that was great to listen to around the Halloween. Makes sense. Um, quick shout out to local podcasts, Wicked Funny Podcast, Let's Chat with Chris Revel, Ray Harrington Must Content. Codex Prime, needless to say, Pinky Promise. Check out all those podcasts, and there's way more. A lot of fun podcasts around the Rhode Island scene. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's my podcast thing. It's not it's not super structured. Yeah. Um, and now let's get into uh, movies. Movies. Now, just a, a quick upfront, quick pull the curtain back. These categories were created. And slightly modified over the years, but Chuck and I don't have the same categories. Is that true still? Uh, yeah, I didn't change them after last year. I have a very structured split spreadsheet. I just have there. a Google form that I that I made in two thousand, like for for the two thousand fourteen Chamis, okay, Brammies and Chamis that yeah. I haven't changed. So it's possible we have some things that are slightly out of order, or Chuck has a category that I don't, or I have a category that Chuck doesn't. For which some is, reason, which is fine. I feel like I watched a lot less movies this year. I uh, I probably watched thirty five to forty movies total. Mm, wow, yeah, it seems like that's what I watched too. Yeah, but I feel like there was a year where I watched like one hundred and twenty. There was absolutely a year when I watched. Oh boy, it, it was. I was still on. I was still on campus, mm. so I wasn't commuting, and that was when when I was on call. I would get to my apartment at 4 p.m. on Friday when I was yeah. on call for the weekend, and yeah. I would watch four movies Friday because I had to be up and on call until 2 a.m., right. then watch four movies on Saturday, and then as to recuperate, watch four movies on Sunday. So wow. I would watch 12 movies over the course I of remember, the weekend, I remember you telling me which is explaining insane. this math to me yeah. a while ago. Insane. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and that is I couldn't no even longer. keep them straight if I watched that many in a weekend. I yeah. would get things mixed up. No longer who I am. Um, All right. So we start with favorite documentary. This is uh, Movies of the Year 2021. Yep. Favorite documentary. For me... I, I only watched one. What? You Cannot Kill David Arquette. We watched it on January 2nd. For me, it was Val. Oh, it's a great one. It, it was so All good. Right, I watched two documentaries. You didn't watch Val Kilmer's documentary? I did watch it. I just forgot it. I didn't write it down. I got to say, it's, it's a better documentary. Uh, you know what? I've already written down. You can. All right. It's Val. It's Val. <laughs> I have a runner up. What's that? The Woodstock 99 documentary on See, HBO. I didn't watch that. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, all right, number two, comedy. Uh, but Val is a documentary on Amazon Prime Video. Yes. Details le- the life and career of Val Kilmer. Yeah. Uh, really well done. Yeah. Favorite comedy. Did I watch a comedy this year? Other, I didn't put a comedy. Other than the night you and I and Michaela watched Wrongfully Accused, the fugitive parody <laughs> from the mid-90s starring Leslie Nielsen. I didn't put a comedy. I didn't put one for comedy. I couldn't, I couldn't think of... Yeah. I the, couldn't think of one that I liked enough... Um, I do have something that is kind of a comedy, but it's in a different category. Right. All right, drama. What was your favorite drama? I watched the movie Richard Jewell this year. Clint Eastwood directed it about the uh, 96 Olympics bombing and uh, about Richard Jewell as the security guard who was like kind of vilified in the media as being the possible bomber that he wanted to be a hero or whatever, but was ultimately proven innocent. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and uh, you know, it's it's uh, I think Clint Eastwood is is a director kind of known for like sparseness. Yeah. And uh, and this was this lived up to that, you know, and you know, it takes place during the 96 Olympics. And this is a, an event I remember. Yeah. Like I remember the news yeah. and I remember seeing this guy's face on the news. Uh, I wish I knew the actor's name, but he did a great job as Richard Jewell. <clears throat> um, but yeah, definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Um, for me, for drama, I put the movie Lamb. Oh, okay. Now, the movie Lamb, I think, is well done and a pretty good watch. But the trailer captured my imagination with such severity yeah. that I couldn't even shake. I thought the trailer was so intriguing and so well done. It might be the best trailer I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Um, and uh, that lamb, the experience of being enraptured. Uh, enraptured, is that right? Could be. What is that? That you're you're caught up in it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. In, in like, what is this? What right. is this going to be from right. the trailer? was so fun that I was like, I have to see this. I have to see this. I was freaking out. And... Uh, I love I loved that feeling, and then the movie was pretty good. The movie yeah. was pretty good. My runner up was Cherry with Tom Holland. Right, I have not seen that. I thought he did a great job, yeah. a killer job. Honestly, this that one might have, be able to go under the no cigar category, mm, okay. which is our category for a movie that's good but doesn't have a good ending. Right, um, and that's kind of how I felt about Cherry. But it was also based on a true story, so that kind of yeah. happens. Yep. But Cherry was a lot of Cherry was very good. Nice thriller. What's your favorite thriller? Uh, I put Freaky. Uh, the body swap horror film yes. uh, with Vince Vaughn. And, uh, you know, I, I like, I enjoyed the experience of watching that movie. I don't know that it was the scariest or best. Yeah. But I enjoyed it more than the other thrillers I watched this year. I loved Quiet Place 2. Yeah. I thought Quiet Place 2 was incredible. Yeah. I thought they did a, a killer job. I just really, really enjoyed it. I, you know, I also, I agree. Um, but again, categories, I have favorite horror slash thriller. So I didn't even think of a quiet place part two, yep. which would probably edge out freaky. Yep. Do you still have favorite shitty fun horror movie? I do. Wait, do you have favorite horror movie or? Yes. Okay. Do do your favorite horror movie? Favorite horror movie? I think it was hereditary. Okay. And not because I connect to it a ton, but just, it's just so well made Yeah. and it's such a good journey and it's a, it's a very well done movie that's yeah. very terrifying yes um and off-putting yes that I, that hereditary, hereditary has to be hereditary has to be the best horror movie i saw i think okay i, I buy that that was uh, made my list in 2019 yeah uh favorite shitty fun horror movie uh pumpkin head 2 <laughs> blood wings I, that was I have pumpkin head 2 blood wings too such a terrible it's gonna it shows up at least three times on this list <laughs> oh boy i <laughs> can i say this there's a lot of movies that people throw around as like the best bad movies. Yeah. One of them being Troll 2. Yep. One of them being The Room. Yep. Pumpkinhead 2. It's up there. It's it's funny because a lot of bad movies are just bad and they don't get to the point where they're enjoyably bad. Right. This one was enjoyably bad. Yeah. Do you agree? I, I do. It was so... We had... I think that was one of my favorite movie watching nights this year was me and you watching yeah, Pumpkinhead I, 2. I agree. We laughed throughout that movie so much. Yeah. So Pumpkinhead 2, high up on my list. Yep. Uh, favorite other? I, I have music based for my next one. Okay. Favorite I have yeah, favorite music. We have DVD. Uh, <laughs> you should update your list. <laughs> wait until we get to like blue, opinion changing Blu-ray. Uh, I have Inside by Bo Burnham. Music. My favorite music based was Bo Burnham's Inside on Netflix. It changed me as a human. I thought it was incredible. Yeah. It changed my expectation of what someone can do. Um, pretty much by themselves and yeah. the art that they can create. 
the commentary on uh, social media and cancel culture type of stuff yep. and the idea of uh, artists growing and, and looking back at what they've done. The feeling stagnant during the pandemic. What can I make? How can I move forward? Is it even important to move forward and right. to make things? So many huge questions in this that were tackled, and it was just fucking awesome. Yeah. I loved Bo Burnham's Inside. For me, it was it was like comedy doesn't have to be what you think it is. Exactly. Comedy for sure. comedy can be what you create. For and, sure. and so it was uh, inspirational for me. Yeah. In that way, did yeah. you have favorite action movie next? Favorite action movie. What do you think I picked? I don't know, but I put Black Widow. Really? I don't consider it an epic action movie. Really? I consider it an action movie. And uh, I wanted to get it on the list. For me, my favorite action movie was Fast and Furious 9. Yep. I loved Fast and Furious 9. It was so good. It was so fun. It was it was definitely a cinematic highlight of the year. Yeah, that, was, that was that was my runner-up for favorite action movie. Uh, favorite epic action movie, uh, I put Spider-Man No Way Home. I put the Suicide Squad yep. that came on HBO. Uh, my favorite epic action. Usually, action is something that is closer to like Die Hard with normal right. people, right? And epic action we make for stuff that is like fantastical. Fast and Furious Nine kind of rides the line, but they're supposed to be real people, yeah. But Suicide Squad to me was more uh, epic action. So I thought the Suicide Squad was great. James Gunn, yeah, um, I, I really I, thought it was I great. Th- I think I have that somewhere else on this list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, next. I have favorite animated slash family movie. Me too. I put Space Jam 2 was the only family movie I watched and I hated it. So N.A. <laughs> For a family movie, I put Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. See, I, I haven't Which I thought yet. was no. super well done. It's a great corporate family comedy. Right. That's how it feels. It's a big budget comedy that's fun and imaginative. And I thought it was a great fun story. And I really liked it a lot. All right. Independent Spirit Award. We just we, we have that for just like the most like out there thing. I also put Bone Burnham inside for this. It was too good. Yep. Yeah. Too same, good. Same thing. Yep. Favorite older movie I discovered for the first time. Yep. I put Pumpkinhead Two Blood Wings. <laughs> I loved it. I couldn't uh, you get know enough what? of Pumpkinhead. Let me change my spreadsheet. <laughs> I now have Pumpkinhead Two Blood Wings. <laughs> Why was it called Blood Wings? Uh, that was the name of the motorcycle gang. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Childhood Ruiner. Space Jam 2. Space Jam 2. Fuck you, Space Jam 2. <laughs> How dare you do that <laughs> to the memories I have from a movie I enjoyed. <laughs> Space Jam 2 was so bad. Oh, my God. Do you have an opinion, opinion changer? That's no. one of our categories is opinion changer, a movie no. that changed your opinion about it. Nope. I got one. What do you got? I never realized that Reindeer Games was so insane and so bizarre. <laughs> and at the beginning of the year in like January, because yeah. I like to watch seasonal movies that are appropriate, we watched, me and Gina watched Reindeer Games, and we, I came on the podcast and I talked to you about it. It's so weird. Yeah. It's the weirdest movie, um, and I never knew it was that weird. And man, oh man. But here's the thing. I don't dislike it now. Right. It's just I just weird. think it's a weird movie. Yeah. It's really weird, but I loved it. Uh, stand-up live comedy. Inside by Bo Burnham. For me, I put... Uh, Mark Norman and the stand-ups, which comes yep. out uh, December 29th on Netflix. So it'll be out by the time this is out. I was there for the live taping for both shows. I did a back uh, behind the scenes documentary about it. And I'm rooting for the old Norman. I, I love yeah, him. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, favorite actor? I I mean, I just put this for because it's like I, I didn't really have a specific one that I loved. I thought Willem Dafoe in Spider-Man coming back after 20 years and being so intense and right. being even more intense than the original Goblin was pretty shocking and yeah. pretty cool and a surprise. So I put Willem Dafoe. I said Tom Holland because I'm a good guy. Wow. And you wow. said Willem Dafoe 
because you <laughs> because you're not. Favorite actress? I should have put uh, Haley Steinfeld. Ooh, yeah, you should have. Baby. Who'd you put? I put Florence Pugh because I watched Midsommar. Oh, and I watched Black Widow, and she was in Hawkeye. Good answer. And she was just she's just like she oozes affability. Oh, that's a really strange sentence, but I like it. Right? I like you it. You know what I mean, though. She's just, I like to see her do things. Yep. You know, she's great. I love, I, I, yeah. I, I went, I went with the other lead from No Way Home, Zendaya, because she was also in Dune. Wow. She didn't do she, much in good? Dune. No. No, didn't, didn't have much to do in Dune. Right. Not much uh, to do in Dune? Not much to do in what Dune. What did she do she in Dune? She wasn't doing much in Dune. <laughs> what did she do in Dune? She wasn't doing much in Dune. Um, but, uh, you know, she, uh, she's charming. She oozes affability is a thing oh, wow. I've always okay. said about her. Yeah, yeah. It's a sentence I've said many times yeah. in my life. <laughs> yeah. uh, biggest disappointment or no cigar? What do you have next? I have biggest disappointment. For me, it was Eternals. It was a movie that I wanted to love and man, oh man, I didn't. For me, it was Halloween Kills. There were so many great ideas in Halloween Kills that just they just really, it was so muddled and the ending was so weird. Uh, my runners up are Fear Street trilogy, yep. which could have been amazing. Yep. And I really thought it was like, eh. And Venom 2 was so bad. I, I, you know, uh, spoiler for the next podcast. One of the things I didn't like this year was that I saw a lot of movies that weren't good. Yeah, I know. Uh, Like, and, and, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to list them all now because that's mean. Although we did just do biggest disappointment. And later we have a category called poopiest turd. (laughs) You kept it. Biggest disappointment and poopiest turd. Biggest disappointment <laughs> was... <laughs> because I made the spreadsheet seven years ago. Uh, biggest disappointment yeah, was... when you were as old as I am now. Yes. Was a, was, you named it poopiest turd. I didn't come up with that. Um, biggest disappointment. I had high expectations. The movie failed to meet those expectations. Poopiest turd. I had no expectations and it did not meet those expectations. I'll say, I'll say it right now. I love you. Differentiating and poopy is dirty. And you're like, here's why poopy is dirty is still valid. Well, all right, you watch you watch the movie New Mutants and you tell me it's not a poopy turd. <laughs> Beat out several other films. Sorry that some of us love tradition, Chuck. Some of us care about tradition. Is New Mutants not a great film? Uh, suffered from a lot of uh, a lot of behind the scenes problems. Oh, that's hilarious! Poopiest yep. turd. Yep. Uh, no cigar is a movie that was good until the ending. Yes, No Cigar is our yep. next one. It's a movie that was good until the ending. What do you got? I nothing. I pretty I put this and I kind of feel bad about it, but if if I'm being honest with myself. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm, okay. It was just this movie that, like, the this the idea of discovering it, and so many concepts about how all this stuff really happened, and ghosts went away, and all these guys split up, and the granddaughter is finding a place, and that was all such a fun place for this stuff, and the, and the you know the Ecto one and the cornfield, but then the third act of this movie is the same third act as the original Ghostbusters, yeah. and it's just. It, it's really weak about how things come together. It's just very strange. 
But I, I, I will say, like, in the movie theater, I had a fun experience watching it. Good. I had a fun time watching it. But just in terms of like, you know, sticking around afterwards in your brain, you're like, why did this happen? What was this? Uh, no cigar. Runner up was Cherry, that I mentioned earlier with Tom Holland about how the movie was good. Had a lot of good elements. Yep. But man, by the end, you're just like, what? Okay, I guess. All right, I got. I have best surprise. I also have best surprise. For me, it was Suicide Squad. For me, it was Pumpkinhead Two: Bloodwing. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I can't. I just thought they were going to be so bad and dumb. And it really I loved it. it. It surprised you with how bad and dumb it with was. With how pleasantly bad and, okay. bad and dumb it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Suicide Squad. You know, Chuck talked about it earlier. It's it's uh, the first DC movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I enjoyed Wonder Woman, but I I really I liked Suicide Squad. Yeah, me too, me too. Uh, well, Wonder I, Woman is a well-made movie, right? And Suicide Squad is a fun, fun, fun movie. Yeah, that is also well-made. Yeah, um, exactly. Favorite movie, or, or do we do we talk about the movies we haven't gotten to see? We talk. Oh, we you, sometimes we do. Yeah, but I, I haven't seen the new Matrix movie, which I'm told is polarizing. Me too. Same with Don't Look Up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but neither of us really saw a comedy this year, which is I know it's crazy, shocking. I know. Um, We're in a weird state for comedy in yeah. terms of film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, favorite movie. I, I I have favorite personal video moment. Okay. Which is something that I produced. Yes. What do you got? Um, you know, I, I I edited the Mark Norman in L.A. documentary. Yep. With all the different comics and all the podcasts, and I really think that that came out as one of the best things that I've been able to do. And I also did the Last Day at the Secret Stash documentary yep. with Walt and Getham and everybody. Um, at at Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash when the store was closing. I was there the last day and we did this documentary about it. And it was so touching and it was so emotional and I was really, really happy with what we were able to pull off yeah. um, with those two documentaries. Nice. And they're really different. Yeah. Um, all right, movie of the year. Spider-Man No Way Home. As, Spider-Man as, No Way Home as is I mine said as well. Last week's podcast, one of my yeah. favorite theatrical experiences in years. Oh, yeah. For me, it's like, yeah, it's it's in the top three ever. Um, I loved it. I couldn't have loved it more. That's what movies are about, is those highs. Um, I don't know. So good. Yeah, can you believe we watched so few movies this year? Doesn't it seem weird? Uh, well, it's it's also like... So we have friends, and, and I'm not going to name any names, but you know, sometimes people get married and have kids. And uh, if I were to go up to them and say, I watched 40 movies this year, they'd be like, I wish I had time to watch 40 movies. <laughs> A parent, whoa. Um... I'm sorry. I just did such a sterling impression of our friend. They're going to know who we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and you know, people spend their time differently. I get it. Mm-hmm. But uh, forty movies just doesn't seem like a lot. No. But by the way, it wasn't until I mentioned Wonder Woman from several years ago that I remembered. I also watched Wonder Woman '84 this year, and I just didn't write it down anywhere. Oh yeah. Not, yeah, that's a weird one. Would not be would not be my favorite movie of the year. Would not Uh-oh. be on Spider Man No Way Home. I smell a booby dirt. <laughs> You sure do. You sure do. Uh, yeah, it's really strange. It's, I, I, looking back at this year, like I know there was COVID. I know I moved. I know the breakup. I know all this stuff that I did, and and so many more videos and and, and working than I and norm, so much more work than I normally do. But it still is shocking to me how much I've decreased my, you know, watching movies, playing video right. games, watching you know, watching TV. I do listen to a lot of podcasts, but again, it's kind of I'm 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 almost like assembling all the podcasts I like and then listening to them, you know, as I go. So it's like Tuesdays with stories and tell them Steve, Dave right. and Smodcast, all of which I work for. Of course, Ray Harrington must content. And then, yeah, so yeah. great. And we got to do our podcast yep. and, you know, so I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, it's really strange that I've cut down on so many things that I do in favor of work. 
but it's 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 like well I don't know. It's just it's just strange. But I think that that's the problem. And I think the COVID stuff is tough, too, because it means everything is less social. Right. I'm a lot better at justifying leisure time yep. when I'm spending it with someone else. So if we're with a group of friends, I'm happy to watch a movie, go to the movies, play video games, do that stuff. But if I'm by myself, I feel really guilty taking any leisure time for myself. Yeah. So now that there's... A perfectly healthy way to live. Now that there's even less social time... And now that I have less relationship time, way less, you know, I'm by myself a lot or or with a lot less people a lot. And I just, I always fall to, I got to work on this. I got to do laundry. I got to clean the house. I got to do, I'm always behind. I'm never caught up on all the responsibilities I have. So I always feel guilty that I have to do that stuff. So it's tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I get you. But that's part one of our Brammies and Chammies. This should come out on the Monday, which I think is, let's see. This should be out on January 3rd, and then hopefully on January 6th, you'll get part two of the Brammies and Chammies, which will be, let's see, it'll be TV, music, uh, books, and I guess we're going to kind of get rid of personal because um, we're going to do a year-end review that's kind of our entire years from a personal standpoint and how we grew and how we changed in our lives and stuff like that. Um but uh, I'm wondering if maybe next year we should do this all as one episode, it's like Champions and Brandy's one episode, because we're only 46 minutes in. Right, we probably could. Which, which I'm, 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 you know, I'm fine with this being a 46 minute podcast because we're releasing a, a part two on right. Thursday. Um, but maybe next year it'll be a a, a one episode thing. Brandy's and Chammies and year end is different. Right. You know. All right. I just changed. I ch- took out poopiest turd. <laughs> I changed. I now have favorite thriller and favorite horror are separate. If it's in the shared thing, it has my spreadsheet that has all these categories. Well, I'm saying I use a Google form. It's different. What's the difference? I, I typed this in. I typed mine in too. All right. What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean you type? Mine, mine's more responsive than a spreadsheet. It just looks better. That's all. More responsive. Show, show me that screen. It's, it's not more responsive. That was a that was a bad phrase. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. It looks better. <laughs> Can I ask you something? Please do. What could possibly be on that screen that's more responsive? It's, it's a Google form. It's a form. You fill it out. <laughs> no, it's more exciting than a spreadsheet. Jeez. Oh, like I ask you a question? Yeah. You can say, hey, Brad, what's your favorite action movie? And you right. get to answer one at a time? Yes. And that's more fun? Yes. All right. I fill out, I fill out enough spreadsheets uh, on, on the daily. Yeah, you know what? When you're talking about how to make spreadsheets fun, you are the guide. Thank you. Um, Do I have any other special <laughs> skills? It's a callback to last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was about to say it too. Yep. All right, man. Well, that's our Brammies and Chammies for 2021 part one. Yep. Part two, part two on Thursday. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's going to be fun. Folks it, out it, there. It, it stinks. I do feel like we're flying through it, but, but we the, just the, didn't see that many movies. Yeah. You know, we, me and Brad just went on a, a walk. I feel I feel like the in the winter, I get to move less. You know what I mean? Yes. I get to be less physical. And uh, I like to go for walks. Uh, I like to run on a treadmill. And that keeps my back nice and loose. And right, I feel right. like a superhero. I'm punching, I'm screaming, loose, I'm kicking, loose, I'm shrieking. Loose like a goose, yeah. You know? I make love like a... I make love like a... What do you think? What kind of animal moves like this? Um, <laughs> People like can't a, see it. Like a snail or a slug? <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's I, but one that's dying. Yeah, right. That's that's the love-making machine that I it's, am. It's a, it's a slug that has just had salt poured on part of it. <laughs> the lower part. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really trying to get away from that salt. That's a good love-making tip. Just treat your bottom half like you're a slug that's been salted and you're trying to get away from that salt. Yeah. You know, into like a vagina that you're like, you're trying to get in. Well, I mean, what if what if you're a lady listener? Then 
Let him in. <laughs> <laughs> no, no love making tips for the ladies. I don't think so. Um, I'm not. I'm not one to. You know how can I know? Who I can't be in their shoes. I believe you once yes. wrote to me. Yes, and uh, you were talking about one of our friends. You were you were you were both trying to give me romantic advice. Oh, always, always, always welcomed by and, Brad. And you said uh, <laughs> you said this this mutual friend who is female uh, may own a leaf blower. But is she the best one to teach you how to dot, 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 uh, dot, 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 finger a leaf blower? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Good call. That's, that's, that's a good that's 12, a 13, 14 years old. Like that's, I mean, that's a dated reference. If you want to see Brad uh, mad, yes. try to give him advice of any type. Yes. Anytime you give Brad, like Brad could be trying to fix his car yep. and he could be wearing like a clown suit and burning his hands. And if you're like, maybe you should do it like this. He'll fucking strangle you to death. I he will. will. <laughs> he will. He will. He doesn't like the advice. I mean, you know, especially if you're the one who broke my car in the first place. <laughs> or, or, or if you're like, you know, down the street fixing four cars at the same time. Right. Um, but uh, oh, I shouldn't have said that. But anyway, um, we're back with uh, Brammies and Chammies part two. Yep. And uh, this is going to be music, books, and television. That's correct. Well, we should do TV first. Yes. Is that what he said? Uh, I mean, you, you gave it in the wrong order, but that's fine. We can, ah, we can open with, with shows mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, we've kind of moved away from the idea of television mm-hmm. as our main source of, you know, serialized entertainment. Right. Would you agree? Oh, sure. A lot, lot of streaming, a lot of streaming, uh, shows. fewer over the air stuff. Shows. But yeah, it's, it's, but the idea of like, oh, my favorite shows of the year sounds weird. Eh, it's not so bad. Yeah. My favorite serialized independent. Uh huh. Episodic, yep. Film project. Ooh, episodic might be the key. Yeah, yeah. Episodic, I think is the yeah. key. But I mean, that's a a less uh, a less um, what's it called? You know, yeah. Wordy or less, lo- you know, it's less. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Verb verbose? Is that the- verbiose? What's the- what is verbiose? I think I I, I don't think verbiose is a word. Mm. I think verbose is a word. What's verbose? It means talkative, saying taking a lot of words to say not uh, much. Okay, yeah. it's it's kind of like that. Okay, episodic. I think show is better. Yeah, favorite shows. All right. Well, uh, favorite half hour show kicks off my categories once yeah. again. We might have the same categories. We might not. It's yeah. fine. Favorite half hour show. What do you got? I think my favorite half hour show this year. And we've talked about the fact that we kind of seemed like we consumed less of this kind of stuff this year. I really got into WandaVision. Absolutely, baby. I think that the production and the concept is kind of unbeatable for me in terms of how creative it was, how well executed they they did it. And uh, I, I just remember that like our excitement level leading to every next week and then watching it and seeing it, you know, the next type yeah. of show that it was going to be. Because obviously every episode was a different type of like sitcom. It's just, I, I, how can you match that excitement? It was WandaVision for sure. Yeah. And a lot of people thought that WandaVision got too normal superhero-y by the end. I thought it was fine that it saved all that stuff for right. the end. I actually was 100% happy with the conclusion of WandaVision. I think they did it beautifully. Yeah. The whole thing with uh, Vision kind of going away because of her, she stops this, this takeover of this town. Right. And the kids going away. And vision being like, you know, what is grief if not love persevering and yeah. stuff? Incredible. Yep. Uh, so WandaVision was awesome. That was also my favorite half hour show. Special shout outs. I watched the first season of Cobra Kai mm. uh, this year and uh, enjoyed it mm. and re- like really felt for the characters and then was watching it and had to like we stopped to prep for the Halloween show. So I wasn't watching anything and then had to like prep for Comic-Con, mm-hmm. which uh, initially I was watching it because I'm like, oh, these 
these people are coming to Comic-Con, there will undoubtedly be a Cobra Kai panel. Mm -hmm. In the event that Chuck and I mm -hmm. are asked to host that panel, I should probably do some research. Ultimately did not work out, but I'm glad I got to watch at least the first season so far. Nice. Uh, and then I watched the show Detroiters. Oh, uh, I want to watch a, a Comedy Central that yeah. starred, uh, boy, I never remember his last name, Tim. Hi, not Heidecker. No, just no. Robinson, isn't Yes, it? from... Uh, from I Think You Should Leave, yes, uh, which was also an enjoyable uh, show this year. Oh, for sure. And uh, But yeah, it was a show that ran for two seasons on Comedy Central, and it's not as wacky as I Think You Should Leave, but you can see the roots of the wackiness in the show Detroiters. So yes, if, right. if, if you enjoy uh, comedy, I yeah. recommend the show Detroiters. I think they, they take some risks and have some fun and funny stuff. Mm -hmm. It was a really enjoyable show. But man, WandaVision, the uh, the appeal of like kind of the half-hour mystery aspect of what's going to happen next. I know, I know. It was had, just... me, had me rabid in a way that hasn't happened yeah. since like Lost. And, and the production, I think that that's the other thing is yeah. that that production was just so high. And yeah. I think that because that was the first oh. show... I don't know if they... I mean, I, mean, I know that the, the schedule got shifted around, so I'm, I'm not sure if it was supposed to be the first show, right. but it was just like... They just did something that was so conceptually huge. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, uh, let's see. What's next? What I have a favorite hour-long show. Yes, I have that too. I have a very strange answer for this, so I hope you don't, you know, crucify me. I put down Hawkeye. I don't know that it is an hour long, but like to me, it's it's not a sitcom, so therefore it falls into the favorite hour-long show. I have a couple... Uh, 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 what are they called? Honorable mentions. But what do you got for favorite hour-long show? Uh, I got to say, I watched a lot of this this year. Okay. Vice, Dark Side of the Ring. Wow, yeah. Which, Stories from the world of professional wrestling. It was almost like, kind of like, uh, it was close to like a documentary with like talking heads about different, really, you know, different parts of wrestling, like Chris Benoit's whole story, yep. uh, the plane ride from hell, uh, New Jack, all these different incidents in wrestling and people uh, that were kind of like, you know, dark and underbelly stuff. And it was all talking heads of all the important people. Have you ever watched Dark Side of the Ring? I've watched like one episode. So what I love about it is they do like reenactments as like, so Jim, let's say Jim Ross, yep. who's a famous wrestling announcer, is telling a story about the plane ride from hell. And he's like, he's like, what are you going to do? You can't stop Brock Lesnar. You can't tell Brock Lesnar what to do. You can't tell Brock Lesnar who's, who is he going to be, right? Like, like that. Yeah. You know, is that offensive? No. Okay. I mean, not not to somebody with Bell's palsy, to people who have heard Jim Ross speak. Yes. <laughs> like, Super offensive. If he's saying that, it'll show like out of focus, like the inside of the plane and Brock Lesnar, like what looks like Brock Lesnar, right. like shaking things and going crazy yep. to kind of reenact this in a light way. But a lot of it is out of focus. Right. And you don't see his face. And maybe it'll have something close up to the camera in focus. Super artistically done. Yeah. Kind of more artistic than the show really even calls for as a necessity. Right. But it seems like the people making the show are like, no, let's make this really thematic. And it's pretty incredible. Nice. Um, I'm really impressed with the production on it. And the stories are awesome. And I, and I, I love wrestling. And this is kind of a real fun way to connect to wrestling. Yeah. And it's a show that like, this is a show I want to sit down and, and watch. You know right. what I mean? Uh, my, uh, my runners up were Mandalorian season two. And also, I watched the first two seasons of Doom Patrol yeah. on HBO Max, a, a DC uh, property of kind of misfit uh, heroes 
Uh, and I really enjoyed season one. I loved season two. I liked season three is out now and I just haven't gotten to it yet. So, mm-hmm. uh, good stuff. Brendan Fraser provides a voice and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's like an enjoyable thing. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. Um, favorite actress. What do you got? You know, uh, it's funny. Cause I was looking at this and I'm like, I really was shocked with how much range and how much I liked uh, Elizabeth Olsen and WandaVision. But I'm like, ah, all my favorites this year are Marvel stuff. I feel like a dick. You should. Like like that guy wrote us that time and he told us we liked Marvel stuff too much. And then like, you know, my favorite (laughs) actresses are Haley Steinfeld, Elizabeth Olsen and Florence Pugh. My favorite show, you know, my favorite things are Spider-Man, Hawkeye, WandaVision. I feel like an idiot. Um, Yeah. But I think that all the Marvel, all the all those specific projects were incredible. Yeah, they're all well done. Incredibly well done. So, I got to say, Elizabeth Elizabeth Olsen was so good in WandaVision, it made me want to cream my jeans. Wow, you know, as yeah. an actress, not yeah. you know, I get me, it. She's also pretty. I'm right, not, right. I'm just not commenting on that. It's 2021. Who would yeah. who would say that? No, Her acting was so good. Yes, my of course. jeans. That's why there's cream in them. Oh, okay. That's the only. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> like, you know how you did my laundry the other day? And yeah, you were yeah, asking yeah. me all those questions? Yeah, about the cream. Yeah. <laughs> it was just from acting ability. Was, you know what? Clotted yeah. cream. Gross. Uh, you know what? The dramatic reenactments on Vice's yep. wrestling show. Yep. All those things. It's just the cream. acting. I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's acting cream. I went with uh, April Bowlby, or Bowlby, I'm not sure how you say her mm-hmm. name, uh, from Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. because she reminds me of my friend Natalie. Mm. I'm like, Natalie, you could play this role. Um, and uh, and so, I, you know, like from, from episode one, I was sympathetic to the character. I'm cheering for her as an actress. Mm-hmm. She had been like a, a ditzy character on Two and a Half Men mm-hmm. uh, for a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. And now she's this like... You know, failed, faded, like nineteen fifties era actress. Yeah, who you know whose life has been unnaturally prolonged uh, on Doom Patrol and like learning, like trying to figure out what it's like. Are we superheroes? Mm-hmm. Why do we do the things we do? And I just, uh, I think she's great. And you know, she reminds me of Natalie. That's all. That's good. I like yeah. that. I think that's okay. Uh, favorite actor? What do you got? Actor. Yes. Um, I didn't put anything. Okay. Um, and I think that that's appropriate because yeah. I didn't really have a favorite actor. I went with Joe Para. Yeah, you love uh, this from guy. Joe Para talks with you. That show will come up later, and I'll talk at length about it. But uh, man, he radiates warmth and wholesomeness in a year where that stuff is in short supply. So, wow. uh, Joe Para, favorite actor, favorite reality show. You love Joe Para. I do. I did not uh, mark down a reality show or a trashy reality show. So, uh, for my favorite reality show, we always kind of play with this and what does it mean? And yeah. Blah blah blah. I stretched it to the Netflix series Untold, okay. which are all these like sports stories. Yep. Um, and the my favorite ones were like the one about um, Malice at the Palace, yep. the basketball one, and uh, also the Trashers in Connecticut, that hockey team that yes. the guy bought for his son. Uh, but Untold is a sports documentary series on Netflix that is like incredible. Like I think it's amazing. And we watched we watched a bunch of them, and those two are my favorite, and they just like moved me. Um, and Netflix actually came out with another show after that that's even more like closer to like Feist's Dark Side of the Ring about mm. sports moments. Okay. Which is like about scandals and stuff. It yeah. might even be called like something like Scandal or whatever. Right. Dark Side of the Sports. Dark Side of the Sport. And uh, But Untold. Did you watch Malice at the Palace? I did not. Oh, you didn't? No. I think you'd really. I have no doubt. I think you'd get a lot of like, I think you'd be like, this is an incredible documentary. Right. Um, 
I was at a birthday party when that happened. We were at uh, like a, we were oh, shooting when pool. When the actual event happened, yeah. And yeah. I remember like watching, like seeing uh, seeing it happen. Yeah. And like, oh my god, that's crazy. Yes. Like, um, no, it's incredible. And the, and the the series is just great. It's so well produced. Yeah. Um, I don't have a favorite trashy reality. I wish I watched something. Last year, I watched some of Ninety Day Fiance, and you I sure really did. had fun with that. Me and Gina. I'll say I wish that Larissa from 90 Day Fiance was was on Cameo. That would have been your Christmas gift. Oh, my God. She still isn't doing Colty. it. Colty. Yeah. See? Oh, that's fun. Yeah. What are you going to say? Yep. We're going to have the same one for the next one, I think. Maybe. Well, well I, I have favorite sports moment, which you might not have at all. Or I do, do have it. Okay. Oh, wait, maybe we don't have the same one. We, we do not. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, what's yours? I have the Bears drafting Me too. Justin, Me, Justin Fields. Fields. Mm, it seems like... <laughs> You you not wanting to call me a liar is yeah. funny. <laughs> mm. It's you just seemed like you said that after I said it. We yes. didn't say it at the same time. Right. Like I was saying it. Uh, go ahead. Um, Justin Fields, uh, quarterback for Ohio State, uh, formerly of Ohio State. Uh, the Bears were picking twentieth in this year's NFL draft, um, which didn't seem like a, a range to get a, like a good franchise changing quarterback. Yes. The Bears signed Andy Dalton, a, a veteran quarterback who seemed like he'd be okay, but certainly nothing to be excited about. Yes. And uh, then draft day came and the first three guys taken were all quarterbacks. They went to different teams and we went through. Number four was a, a, a lineman. Or no, number four was a tight end. Number five was a lineman. Number six was a receiver. Number seven was a receiver. Number eight. And I'm like, is it possible that one of the two remaining, you know, quote unquote, good quarterbacks makes it all the way to 20 at the Bears? Like you have to get past the Patriots at 15. No way is, are, is it going to make it to 20. I refuse to get my hopes up. Yeah. And then they get to number 11 and they're like, there is a trade. The Chicago Bears have traded with the New York Giants for the 11th pick. And I had been laying down to watch the draft and I like sat up. The cat goes flying off my lap and I'm like, please be Justin Fields, please be. And they, they took Justin Fields. My phone's blown up. It's probably the most, most texts I've received all year. Like not, not Christmas, not Thanksgiving, not my birthday. The bears drafting Justin Fields. People are like, Oh, I'm so happy for you. I'm like, me too. I went to bed happy that night. One of like three nights in 2021 that I'm like, <laughs> the world is good. Um, and, uh, you know, that was uh that 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 was my favorite sports moment. And I'm glad that you got to share in it as your favorite sports moment. Oh, I really did. Yeah. Um, no, my favorite sports moment was, um, the return of CM Punk. Yeah. It was just fun for us to watch that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We don't really watch, uh, you know, CM Punk left wrestling in what? 2012. Yeah. Uh, he left WWE and since then, you know, he tried to have a UFC career. He's been flirting with being involved in wrestling. I think he was an announcer for WWE. For yeah. A while. He hosted like the, the talk show afterwards or whatever, or, <clears throat> yes. or like a weekend talk show recap thing. Right. Um, but he hadn't done any in-ring stuff. Yes. And uh, this year, you know, there, there were rumors that he's going to be at this AEW show, AEW, a big competing wrestling uh, company. Yes. He's going to be at this show. It's it's in Chicago, which is where he's from. Yes, right. And, you know, he's in town for something else, but like, could it be for this? Mm -hmm. And so we were keyed up to watch it. Yeah. And so we watched it. We saw him come back and that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't really watched since, but it still was a fun time to yeah. watch that. Um, all right, let's see. I have least favorite moment of the year. I don't know what that means. Uh, it's It started to be like something happened on a show that I didn't like. The writers made a choice that I didn't care for. But this year it was Justin Fields' first start as a Chicago Bear <laughs> against the Cleveland Browns, sacked, no! sacked nine times. Oh. Total passing yards, because you take sacks away from how many yards you complete passes for. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, passing yard. 
one passing yard. Mm -hmm. This is first start. So this is our franchise altering quarterback, mm -hmm. and he gets beat up so bad in his first start that he throws for one yard. Yeah, right. and it was like, I, I I feel bad for anyone who had to deal with me that week because I was miserable afterwards. Yes. Um. I can call you sometimes on a Monday, and I can tell how the Bears did. Yes. Which yes. is not great. Yes. I tried to text you to let you know on Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Um, stay away from me this week. Pretty much, yeah. I didn't really have a least favorite moment. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, you know, there was a couple things in some shows, but whatever. Uh, disappointing development. Okay. I, I just didn't think Loki was that well uh, crafted. I loved the production design. Yep. I love the concept. I love the world and the aesthetic and the atmosphere they created. But I just felt like it was sloppy. Yep. And um, yeah, that was it. I I, yep. I wanted to like it so much, especially following WandaVision. Yep. And then it just, every week, I felt less invested and less sure of exactly the world they were creating. Uh, mine is, is not really a, a new development, but a continued stalling. Uh, Nirvana, the band, the show, season three. Oh, me too. Is it coming? Where is it? What's up, Vice Canada? Come on. I, I show so many people at Nirvana, the band, the show. I love give it. Us, give us some more comedy that tickles us. Mm -hmm. uh, favorite overall show, or do you have biggest surprise? Which I have, you have surprise. Next? All right, biggest surprise. I have the, the Mandalorian season two finale. Big cameo. Oh, wow. Yeah. And oh, again, that's a good one, because that, that was exciting, too. I didn't even watch all of Mandalorian season two. Yeah. But I did watch that, and it was pretty well orchestrated. Yes. Wow, that was great. Yep. Uh, my surprise was Hawkeye being so good. Right. And being like, to me, like a new Christmas thing every year to put on the background is just the Hawkeye series. Yeah. It's so, it was so great. I talked about it already a, a ton, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. We, well, we did oh, a, we did a Hawkeye, Hawkeye episode. episode. Yeah. So I already talked about it recently. It was just such a perfect blend of, of Christmas in action. Haley Steinfeld was so good. What's the deal with arrows? What's the deal with quivering? Um, and uh, everyone was great, and it was yep. it was so perfectly. Should we get tracksuits? Yes, I almost bought you a tracksuit. Um, great surprise of the year. Hawkeye was Hawkeye being like my favorite. I'll say normal like Marvel show. Right, like Wandavision has a gimmick that yeah. they killed. It was great a gimmick in the best way, and Hawkeye was like a normal story, and it was fucking awesome. Nice. Favorite overall, I got I got to stick it to WandaVision. It was just yeah. it was just too good and my excitement level every week like I said earlier was just too grand. Uh for me I said Joe Para talks with you. And uh fun fact, I believe a a listener, a, a Chuby, wrote into the podcast and mm -hmm. said, "Brad, I think you should watch this show." And mm -hmm. I of course dragged my feet. Yeah. Uh and then on Valentine's Day, not a traditionally happy day for old Brad Bones here. Uh, I started watching it. I watched five episodes. They're all like 12 minutes long. And uh, I was like, just like we talked about with Bo Burnham, comedy is what you make it. And it's weird because, uh, you know, there are jokes, but I'm like, I don't think Chuck would think any of these jokes are funny. I'd have to see it. Uh, you know, it's- I it's, appreciate a lot of stuff. He's, I'm not too- uh... I'm not too negatively judgmental. No, I but I I don't, I don't think it, I don't think uh you know I think it impacts me more than it would impact you. Really? Yes. What kind of joke? Uh, it's weird because when he says things like it was ah, pretty good. It was a very I just, good. I just threw a, a rapper into the trash. Yeah, that was pretty good. When he's like ah, oh, you're not a rock hound like old Gene here. Like the idea of using rock hounds sincerely strikes mm -hmm. me as funny. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you know then there's stuff that uh, you know you want the perfect egg bite. 
And so it's the idea of you want some white and some yolk and some toast and some bacon grease or whatever. I like that. What do you mean? That, right. I, I've but, said well, that. I know. But then he goes through it and uh, he doesn't get it. He's very like, and, and it's, you know, the hot tempered neighbor. And he's like, oh, I was so close. Mm -hmm. I really needed a win too. Mm -hmm. And that's a joke that I think you would appreciate. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's set in Marquette, Michigan. Yeah. Season one, the, the, the episodes are, you know, there's, there's a loose thread running throughout season two. They, they. They build a bean arch in the yeah. backyard and the garden. Yeah. And then he's like on Twitter, he's like, hey, send me pictures of your bean arches. And people do. Like yeah. people did it because of the show. There's a, a story thread that's introduced halfway through season two that plays out all the way through the end of season three, which came out this year. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah, I, uh, I love that show. And it's, uh, it, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it just means a lot to me in yeah. a way that uh, I'm surprised an adult swim show does good that's good man. so seasons one and two available on hbo max season three probably still on adult swim but will make its way over to hbo max at some point very easy to binge i've recommended it to several people yeah um and now i'm recommending it to the podcast audience thank you i believe it was little jack films that wrote in and said that yeah if it was somebody else i'm sorry i, I misattributed that yes but that's what we're at my honorable um, mentions yes i got some um you know i watch family guy I watch old Seinfeld. I watch old Simpsons, stuff like that. Yep. Um, and uh, the Jackass Shark Week special was surprisingly oh, yeah. touching and sad and yep. weird when one of the new guys on the crew for Jackass Forever, which was supposed to come out two months ago at this point, right. but has been pushed back to February, um, he got bit by a shark and his hand was like partially torn off. And like him telling the story, Steve-O and Pontius and Knoxville dealing with it right and kind of the first time jackass really dealing with something going really wrong right was really emotional yeah and touching in a way that i'd never expected they could do um so that was also kind of a special moment captured uh, but all right man what's what's next we got books books is next i only read one book this year so i'm just gonna say that up top do it uh, so what was your favorite book of the year is my favorite Seth Rogen's yearbook oh, okay. was awesome. And it's kind of all just like stories in his life. And it was really fun. And he eventually started a podcast from it because he did like the the audiobook version. And he used all the people that he talks about in it. He used them. They came in and did their own voices. Oh, that's crazy. So if he told stories about Judd Apatow yep. and Sasha Baron Cohen, they came in and voiced themselves. Um, and he started a podcast, which I'm just getting into and seems kind of strange. So I don't know if I like it. But the Seth Rogen's yearbook was really fun. And I started reading uh, the new Ninja Turtles storyline, Ronin. Oh, okay. Which is like a dark, futuristic one. Do you know right. about it? I do not. You know, I like to read graphic novels. I wish I was more on top of it. The new Ninja Turtles story, no bandana. There's one turtle left. Wow. They're all dead. Okay. Splinter's dead. Yep. He has a black cape and a black hood on. Right. And he's like, I have to kill the Shredder. And he has all four of the weapons. And wow. And he has like a picture of all of them. And you don't know who it is. That's You don't great. know which one it is. Yeah. Which one do you think it is? Michelangelo. I'm not going to say. He's a, he's a party dude. I mean, it's just, it makes sense. It makes sense as the, the dark one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Because, it, because it's the biggest contrast. <clears throat> exactly. Um, pretty cool though. Yeah. Um, and I, I read, I think, I think I read issues one and two and I was like, this is awesome. So I'm going to finish that at some point. Nice. I really, uh, I really want to get back into, in, every year I say this, I want to yep. get back into enjoying the stuff I enjoy. You know, I want to watch more movies, watch more TV, more graphic novels, and more video games. That sounds like I'm a 10-year-old when I say it like that. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. 
<laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, do you have a Yoo-Hoo for me? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, my year in books, according to Goodreads, I read 87 books, totaling <clears throat> 32,821 pages. Uh, the shortest book was Defending Elysium by Brandon Sanderson. It's a lot of pages and a lot of books. 43 pages. Yep. Longest book was yes. Ruin by John Gwynn, 768 pages. Average book length, 377. Um, yeah, so I read a lot. Uh, yeah. That was that was kind of my, my deal this year, maybe instead of watching uh, movies or, or shows. You sure did. You I, read a lot. Uh, I read a lot. But I'll say this, it kind of falls in line with where I've been over the past several years. Hmm. So, um, the pa- pages wise, it's within 2000. Like, mm. I, don't, I don't think I've read less than 30,000 pages mm. since I started keeping track in 2016. So mm. since Goodreads started, I, I don't count the pages. I don't, right. I mean, that's a thing I would do. I know it would be. If I read, you know, well, you don't have to count every page. You just right. add up the pages of each book. Um, just, just kind of cruising through here. Favorite book you wouldn't normally read. I did not really expand my horizons this year. Everything kind of fell, like mm-hmm. there was nothing foisted on me by someone else that I'm like, oh, this doesn't seem like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, funniest book, it's kind of a, a, a toss up. I reread the first three and and read the fourth uh, Chronicles of Kazam book. Mm-hmm. It's uh, aimed at, you know, teen readers, written by Jasper Forty, who is an author. If If you like Douglas Adams, you would like Jasper Forty had probably my favorite uh, joke of the year where they're like, oh, we have to hire a fantasy author to like think of something weird. And he's like, you know, I could, I could, yeah. And so, so they bring obviously him in yeah. and he's like, oh, I could write this all down for you, you know? And they're like, oh, do you think it'll turn out all right? He's like, well, I, I haven't finished writing it yet. I'm only at about 59%. And they're like, why did you look down before you said that? Oh, that's good. And it's at 59% in the ebook. Of so, course, of course. And I'm sure the the physical book has the page number instead. Right. So... Uh, That's fun. I like yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, really, really cute meta joke. And then yes. I also, I got a bathroom book for people who aren't pooping or peeing, but are using the bathroom as an escape, written by Joe Para, illustrated by someone else. And there's a great joke in there about uh, oh, a Supreme Court justice that I can't remember. No, uh, the the uh, Jane Goodall having to enter the NBA skills competition. Oh, that's it was a great, fun. great uh, drawing of her slam dunking. Cool. Favorite biography slash memoir. I've read The Night the Lights Went Out by uh, Drew. I don't know if it's Magary, Magary. Uh, he's a writer on Defector.com and SFGate.com. He was on Chopped once. I uh, enjoyed that. It's about him having like a, a hemorrhage in his brain mm. and he like falls and hits his head and he's in a coma for two months. Uh, he at one point like got his phone back from his wife like as he is is still recovering, but his brain is so messed up that he tweeted like, I was singing karaoke and I ripped a vocal cord and that's why I'm in the hospital. I remember you telling me yeah. about this. And so it's it's the whole story of like how it affected his family, all his coworkers, like how did it happen? Uh, how, what did the doctors do? What did they think? What was the prognosis? And then also like the recovery of yeah. like, I didn't have a sense of taste. I, there's things that I still can't taste. I had to get a hearing aid, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Crazy life yeah. after a traumatic brain injury. Yeah. Uh, and then I also, it's actually right here. Uh, Ray Harrington gave me a physical copy, uh, "A Moral Man" mm. by Derek Delgadio, who did uh, the, the Broadway show that, in and of itself, mm-hmm. uh, which I recommend to everyone. And "A Moral Man" is kind of similar to the stage show with a little, a little more background. Mm. Uh, most original novel, nothing too crazy. Favorite short story? I read no short fiction this year. Wow. Which seems weird for me. It does. Uh, favorite young adults, uh, Rule of Wolves by Lee Bardugo finishes that uh, her, that duology. It's another book set in the Grishaverse. Uh, Netflix started uh, an adaptation of 
you know, her first three books uh, set in that universe. But I think there's seven and then a book of like short, short stories and folklore uh, from that world. She's one of my favorite authors overall. Uh, biggest disappointment. I didn't read a ton of disappointing novels. Favorite method of telling a story, whatever. Book I was most surprised I enjoyed. Um, Connie Willis won the Hugo and Nebula Awards for these two books combined, which are science fiction's like two biggest awards. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, it's set in the Cambridge time travel universe. The cat is walking on my laptop right now, uh, where they have invented time travel, but it it's at Cambridge University and you can travel back in the past, but you can't change it. Yeah. And nobody can see you like when you come back, nobody can see the net. So like the, your, your back path has to be like isolated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh geez, Rosie. <laughs> she stepped on a bunch of She things. stepped on it in that box. <laughs> so, you know, there's one called Firewatch that is set, um, in World War II, you know, they go back to World War II and it's mm-hmm. it's the job of like your fire watch at the cathedral during the Blitz. So all these German planes planes are dropping bombs on Boston mm-hmm. and you're there to put out fires on this cathedral. Yeah. And so that's that's like the short story that kind of kicked it all off. Uh, there's one where, oh boy, I don't, I wish I remember the name. They go back and, you know, she's supposed to go back to like the Renaissance time and she ends up in the time of the bubonic plague. Oh yeah. And while that's going on in the 23rd century or whatever, like, there is a plague that a plague that has started, and I read that in 2020 when it was like people not taking it seriously and nobody oh, respects yeah. the quarantine. And oh, I'm like, yeah. how dare you? Yeah. Uh, there's one called "To Say Nothing of the Dog," which mm-hmm. is kind of like a, a, a farce, like a, of Pride and Prejudice style, but like with more comedy and you know the added time travel element, uh, which was fun. And there's like a, a, a leather bound signed copy. Uh, for like $250, maybe $500. And I'm like, I wish I liked the book more because I would buy it. Yeah. But I, that's not my favorite in the series. So yeah. Blackout All Clear, too long to be one book, split up into two books, and it's four or five different people go back to World War II mm-hmm. and all of their escape routes to get back to the present are like rubble. And yeah. the, and so they're trying to remember like, oh, I didn't get the the implant that lets me remember where the bombs drop, yeah. or which buildings are destroyed after a certain date. Yeah. And so it's them trying to get back and then, you know, paths cross. But I wept yeah. reading that book. So I, was, yep. I, I wasn't surprised I enjoyed it, but I was surprised at how much it affected me. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, I'll say those books, I, they're, they're, not hard to read, but they're not easy to read. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, there's some highfalutin language in there. Yeah. Right. Uh, but honestly, loved it. So if you're a literary snob, check out those books by Connie Willis. <laughs> Favorite book of the year uh, overall was Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian. Mm-hmm. And this is about a guy who like wakes up on a spaceship and uh, is trying to figure out what's going wrong with Earth's sun. And uh, same same storytelling method as The Martian, where it's kind of like dictated. It's all first person. Mm-hmm. You know, there's enough humor in there to keep you interested. And it's weird. For as much science as, as there is in this, it is written in a way that's easy to understand or skim. Hmm. So I uh, really enjoyed that. That was also, uh, you know, my Goodreads says that was shelved by the most other people. Uh, most popular, 466 thousand other people also shelved it this year. Hmm. Uh, and just a couple other shout outs. I read uh, The Relentless Moon by Mary Robinette Kowal in her Lady Astronaut series, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, Stephen King is always great. I read six John Le Carre novels who wrote like The Spy Who Came In From The Cold and Tinker Taylor's Sailor Spy. Yeah. Uh, as well as, oh uh, boy, what was the one? I don't know. There's one that Amazon did as a series that has Tom Hiddleston in it mm-hmm. uh, that was really good that I yeah. wish I could remember the name of. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Becky Chambers started a new series uh, that I enjoyed. I read uh, God, Say- God Spare the Girls by Kelsey McKinney about like a Texas megachurch and purity culture and like the daughters of the pastor who are struggling with, uh, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was good. I read a lot of thrillers. Uh, I read some books by CJ Tudor, uh, Riley Sager. I read the last of the, uh, boy, I don't even know what this trilogy would be called. It's Joe Abercrombie is a a, a fantasy writer and uh, his books are pretty stabby, pretty violent. Yeah. Uh, so I enjoy them. And he finished up a trilogy that is actually the second trilogy set in the same world. It's set about 15 or 20 years after the previous one. Uh, but book, uh, book three, The Wisdom of Crowds came out this year and I really enjoyed that. I thought he, he nailed the landing. Nice. The Last House on Needless Street is a thriller that did not go where I thought it would go, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate. Yeah. Um, I read some novellas toward the end of the year and then, uh, Leviathan Falls was the last book in the Expanse series, which is a television program that is now on. It's now a show on Prime Video Mm -hmm. and deals with kind of conflict that starts between Earth and Mars and uh, the Belters, or the people who like live in space. They open up a gate to many different worlds. Those worlds struggle. Everyone's fighting. There's war. Mm -hmm. There's weird metaphysical stuff. And, uh, you know... Same thing where like the ending made sense for this series of nine nine novels and I think nine short stories or novellas or whatever. So uh, all in all, really, really positive uh, way to end it. And I'm, you know, I, I know that other books that I've read have not nailed the ending and I feel like uh, like this one did a good job. So nice. that was my year in books. Nice, man. And uh, I read a lot. I'm not going to apologize for it. No, I wish I read more. It's a bum out. I miss it. Yeah, it's fun stuff. You know. All right, moving right along. Yes, Mo- uh, music. Music. All right, number one, favorite stadium concert this year. We might have the same one since I only went to two concerts. All right, I uh, I don't know that. Did I go to two or did I just go to one? I think you just went to one. All right, Hella Mega Tour Hella at Mega Fenway Tour. Park. Green Day, Weezer. August 5th. Yeah, Interrupters. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, and it, by, by default, it was the best. Yes, yes. Uh, favorite venue concert. Smaller venue. Would you? I put Elvis Costello with my oh, parents. Like I my did, mom, yeah, Elvis I didn't Costello. Go to that, yeah. Yep. Uh, coolest live event for me, which is kind of like it could be anything, could be alternative. Uh, I went to the return of Broadway in oh, New yeah. York the That's week right. that the it Lion started, yep. and to see the Lion King with Gina, and that was pretty incredible. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so those those are kind of all my live events this year. Yeah. We did not uh, you know? did not have a lot going on. Yeah. Very weird. Um, very weird year, obviously. I guess favorite live event for me, excuse me, again, to the theater. I went to see a play. <laughs> I was going to say, I know what you're talking about. In late August, I went to see Into the Woods. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, it was good. It's fine. Yep. Um, a lot of mosquitoes out yeah. there. Yeah. Favorite uh, comedy song? I did Comedy by Bo Burnham. I picked Comedy by Bo Burnham, oh, too. I, I knew we and, were both going to go with Bo Burnham. By Bo Burnham. And I, but it's kind of in a tie with Problematic yeah. by Bo Burnham, which yeah. is also wicked, wicked, wicked good. I, uh, I, I guess I, I took it more. The video has him making a note on a legal pad that says, what if dogs could vape? And the idea of a comedian thinking of premises 
and like writing that that specific joke yeah. uh, was what was what took the lead from problematic for me. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think so too. I think that that's that's why I think comedy is up there for me too. Yeah, the the breakdown is so good. Yeah. Favorite um, stand up album. I also put Inside by Bo Burnham. I had to put that too. I mean, yeah. it was just too good, too well done. It's funny because, <clears throat> excuse me, stand-up album is kind of weird now. Yeah, I know. Because there's a lot more specials. Yep. So this, but this really was also like a big audio release. So uh, yeah, Bo Burnham's Inside for me. Uh, favorite stand-up comedian. Who'd you put? Bo Burnham. It was too, it's too, he he dominated this year. And it's, it's tough because like, you know. I don't know. It was just too big. It was too big, especially when you think of it, like I said, from an audio standpoint, because those songs like we watched that special or I watched that special with Gina and Jordan. And then I told you about it. Um, But then those songs just lived in all my playlists and everything. And I've listened to them a million times. and I love them. I had written down Ray Harrington, but it says I already did that joke in 2018. So I'm going to say Mark Normand. There you go. Guest on the Chuck and Brad. Now, you can't say that because you're pals with him. I already said it for my for the last thing. Yeah, for the best uh, special for the Netflix thing. Yeah, so um, you know, a lot of good stand up out there. Yeah, uh, best moment slash surprise. I don't know if you have that for our in, live in the world of music. Yeah, yeah, for our live uh, experience. I mean, <clears throat> even though it's the only thing we went to, Rivers Cuomo playing "Sugar We're Going Down." Yep, like kind of solo. And having the whole crowd sing it and playing yeah. it slowly because Fall Out Boy, who wrote the song, was supposed to be on the show, but they were off because of COVID. That moment was so touching yeah. and big for me. I'd say I'd say that moment has to be in my top five, top top ten live moments of all time for wow. anything I've ever experienced. Okay. Like, you know, the Roman Reigns is up there, yeah. like all these different things we talked about. But just seeing that whole stadium sing the chorus without him yeah. slow was just amazing. It was so amazing. Yeah, it was good. In Fenway Park. It was yes. so good. Uh, favorite rock single? I put all my favorite songs by Weezer. I think that song is awesome. It's a good song. I put Haven't Been Doing So Well by Frank Turner. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out in probably October-ish when I coincidentally was not doing so well. Yeah. <laughs> I've listened to it every day since. Yes, yeah. Uh, favorite sad song? I feel like you probably have sadder songs than me. So well, I want to say favorite rock single. Okay, I had a runner up. Okay, uh, the Ghost of 1903 by The Implants. Yeah, I listened to that song a fucking million times. I don't even especially think, in October, right? Uh, just continually. Okay, I never heard it before. It's obviously not a real, not really a single from them, right? But it's such a good new punk rock song. Um, the Ghost of 1903 by The Implants is so good. Nice favorite sad song. Yes, I put uh, Evermore by Taylor Swift, which I heard in a coffee shop. And it made me cry. Right. And I went to the woods and I walked around by myself in Staten Island as the sun went down and listened to it. Oh, it's it's a rough song. Yeah, it's a. I played it for you yesterday. Yes, it's it's rough. It was sad. Yeah, it's sad. It's a sad song, but it's a great song. All right, favorite hip hop. Oh, single. My, my sad song. Oh I have, yeah, sorry. I have a "Woman at the Well" by Olivia Lane. Uh, Woman con- at the Well. Yeah, contemporary Christian song, mm-hmm. and basically, you know, she's like, "Oh, tonight I feel just like the woman at the well." Biblical story, mm-hmm. wondering how someone can love me when I can't love myself, and I'm yeah. like, "Hello." Uh, and then also, "Bug Life" by Jetty Bones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a super sad song, and then ends with like voicemails for her, and I'm like, "I don't know the context of these voicemails, but they're sad." Yeah. Um, somebody just breaks down in one of them, so I'm like, "The real voicemails?" Yeah. 
Wow. Where, you know, it's like, hey, we, we want to let you know that Betty's funeral is going to be Monday. Uh. And it's like Betty Jones is like, she named the band after this, a spoonerized yeah. version of this woman's name. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, like one is her dad, one I think is her sister and one is her friend. And I think it's her friend that breaks down where she's like, I don't know what's going on. Just call me. Yeah. And also the liner notes for this album that Jetty Bones did has photos of her suicide note that yeah. she did not ultimately go through with. Yeah. And so it's like, were these voicemails from that night or like what, what's the context? But it's super, super sad. Yeah, it sounds really sad. Um, so yeah, that's that. Favorite hip hop single, we say, hopefully getting back into something positive. I don't have one. And neither do I. Ah. I mean, I haven't had a favorite hip hop single in five years. I think that's strange. I mean, that we both don't have one. Yeah. Uh, I usually have one, I think. Favorite single. Overall, for me, Shivers by Ed Sheeran. I fucking love it. Woo! Y'all, if you could have been with Chuck or near Chuck <laughs> the past week or so. I love that. It is playing almost, it, it's playing continually and almost continuously. Yes. Um, Where, you know, I come over and he's like, hey, have you listened to the acoustic version? I'm like, yes, you played it for me. He's like, all right, listen to this. It's in a different key. I'm like, okay. He's like, here's the piano and bass version. Here's the, and and it's just. (laughs) I love it. It's it's just that song. It's a great song. It's a wonderful song. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. It is pretty catchy. And it's very, it's, it's came out in like October. Yeah. So it's a new song. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, My runner up for favorite single was Save Your Tears by The Weeknd. Oh, it's good. Wicked good song. Woo. You got anything? I have. Uh, I don't have anything for favorite single, but I was, you know, I was going to make it anything but shivers. I, yeah. I typed that out, yep. and then I'm like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rain on Chuck's parade. Yeah, I mean, and it is, a, it's a good song. It is. Uh, favorite song that wasn't necessarily released as a single. I have "Taking Up Space" by Jetty Bones, mm-hmm. um, because again, it it uh, it deals with it talks about how I feel that I'm, you know, I, I am in the way or. I'm taking up space. That's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll probably talk about that more in our in our yearly recap. So uh, that was my favorite song. Okay, favorite song for me? I got to say, I think it was Real World by Matchbox 20. I know that's <laughs> well, fucking insane. It is. But it's one of those songs that what happened was, I think I knew it when it came out or heard it on the radio, probably when I was like 10 or whatever. And then I didn't hear it for a million years. And I heard it in a restaurant this year and I was like, I love this song. I love the verses. I love the pre-chorus. I love the chorus. I love everything about this fucking song. You're always wondering what it would be like to be the Rainmaker. I am. And uh, I was like, man, I love this song. And I listened to Real World by Matchbox 20, Shivers by Ed Sheeran, and Ghost of 1903 by The Implants a million times this year. And uh, so I think my favorite song was Real World by Matchbox 20. Nice. Runner up, Shivers by Ed Sheeran. It's one of the two. Yep. Favorite cover? I didn't have one. I heard a great version of Eleanor Rigby by Cody Fry. Nice. And you would love this. Oh, I'm sure. You would love this. Um, and then I wanted to shout out kind of uh, Punk Rock Factory, which is a newer band that kind of does like, you know, Instagram videos. And they do covers of, of like TV theme songs and different things like punk rock. And they're killing it. They're so good. They're really, really fun. It's not, you know, it's just punk rock versions of the fucking Animaniacs theme song, right. DuckTales, Alvin and the Chipmunks. As well as a ton of other songs. They just do punk rock covers of everything. Yeah. And they're just doing a great job. They're, they're really having some fun. Nice. Which I love. Uh, favorite soundtrack? I went with Inside the Songs by Bo Burnham. Yeah. I don't know if I could. I guess so. For soundtrack, I'll, I guess I'll say that if that counts as a soundtrack. I don't know if it does. Well. I don't know if it can sound as a stand-up album and a soundtrack. It does. Okay. I mean, it's a Brammy. Yeah, I guess you're right. So I, I'm, I'm not saying it counts for the Chammies. Right, right. 
Uh, favorite song I should have known before. For me, it's Real World by Matchbox 20. It's, uh, I put Remember the Day, Yo Hello Array by USS, like mm. ubiquitous sound synergy. It came mm. out in 2015. But if you heard the song, you'd be like, of course Brad loves this song. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, it's yeah, that showed up on my Spotify Discover, Discover weekly mm-hmm. playlist or whatever. Yep. And uh, I was telling Chuck the other day, I listen to Discover Weekly every week and it's 30 songs every week. Mm. And even if you factor that, 20 of them are new to me. That's like, let's call it 900 to 1,000 new songs. And I added seven to my pandemic discovery playlist. How cl- how closely do you listen to them? I listen to them at least twice. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And the playlist is usually like an hour and a half to two hours long. So I listen to it twice, usually at work. Right. Uh, um, and, then, and then if I like the song, I save it to a playlist. Right. Yeah. My runner's up for favorite song I should have known before. I listened to Beastie Boys License to Ill oh, the nice. album all the way through for the first time, yep. like with headphones on as I was as I was like building a shelf or yep. something. So I could really concentrate on it. And that was fun. And I'm fall I just love the song Can't You See by Marshall Tucker. And I really yep. it's so atmospheric. We were we were listening to the car yesterday. I was talking to you about my idea for yep. like a video. I really want to use it in like a documentary project yeah. in twenty twenty two. Um Opinion Changer, I don't have one, but I guess Bo Burnham fits into that too because sure. I didn't really know Bo Burnham before. Right. Um do you have an opinion changer? I do not. And I also don't have a favorite new artist. My favorite new artist is just week, The weekend, Yeah. Just because I really realized how many singles he came out with this, you know, this year. I This year, I realized how many singles he's come out with in recent years. And just super talented. Great stuff. Really, really like what he's doing. My favorite album and artist is Bo Burnham and Inside, his, his stuff. My favorite album is uh, Pushback by Jetty Bones. Yep. Jetty Bones is my favorite artist. Wow, there you go. Um, you know, I, I joined her her Patreon to get the behind-the-scenes scoop mm-hmm. on uh, on the songs of the album, the story behind. You know, it's, it's weird because it's kind of a concept album. Yes. Uh, and it's kind of about being an artist. Yeah. And, uh, you know, going out there and, and feeling like you're faking it or... Mm-hmm. You know, like, what's the point? Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't me, somebody else would be on stage right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just a, a really interesting look at it and kind of different from what she had previously done. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I enjoy the music. I listen to that album by far the, the most of any album, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and I guess the the Lawrence Arms probably come in second, but I feel like that album may have come out last year. So, yeah, right. Um, yeah, that was it for me. Jetty Bones and uh, the album is Pushback. But mm-hmm. all their stuff's good. So that ends our Brammy Chammy music. Yeah. All right. Well, I have honorable mentions. Okay. Sedona, Junk Bunny. Sedona, the song by Junk Bunny. Okay. Was on the Tony Hawk soundtrack. It's a new song. Got it. Fucking awesome. I listened to that song a million times. Um, someone told me, one of our listeners, I think his name is Tony, told me about an old band named Vagora from Rhode Island that does like oh, punk rock. Okay. They have a song called Schizo Friendly, and I think it's awesome. It's a, I mean, it's, it's a great title. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a very fun, yeah. like, you know, um, just like raw punk rock song. And there were two new Zebrahead songs I liked this year a lot. And I just think that's cool. I got I kind of want to, I really used to really like Zebrahead a lot, and I kind of want to, it made me inspired to go back and kind of listen to their newer albums. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's all our favorite stuff. I feel like we kind of, I don't want to say we phoned it in this year. We just didn't have that much yeah, I know. depth in a lot of places. Um, but it was a weird year where I think we focused a lot on other things or we're dealing with COVID and changes and transitional moments. And now the next episode is going to be our year in review in terms of our personal lives and the things we've gone through and, and what we did. 
Um, and I got to say, I think we should take this episode and combine it with the first episode. Let's do it. And just release it as one, as sure. opposed to having two parts. Yep. Um, but yeah, so next week's episode is going to be our year in review, where we really talk about the things that we think we accomplished, what we went through, all that kind of stuff. This was all the the art we experienced. Next year, next week is going to be all the the art and, and times and lives that we've that we've uh, gone through yeah. in the past year. Um, but that's our Brammies and Chammies 2020 one. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's it, buddy. Time is it. meaningless. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> uh, folks out there, if you have uh, you know things that you would suggest uh, for us going forward. Um, shows or books or music or any of the stuff we talked about on the first half of this podcast. Yeah. Send us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com or find the email link through chuckandbradpodcast.com. That's right. Happy to hear from you about that. Whew. For sure. All right. Well, here's to, you know, new and different art in 2022. That's all I've yes. got. That's all I got, buddy. Deuces. Deuces.